Gaming, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We also like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks, or something completely different. And, uh, yeah, we are doing a little, something a little different this week. With a lack of newer releases that we kind of wanted to go over in full, we figured, why not do something, uh, something interesting, something a little more fun? So this is going to be... Something of an interview episode where we're going to talk with our guest here today about a very particular subject. And that subject in this case is theme parks, basically, mostly at Disneyland. And joining us for that discussion we have from EndorExpress.net. Here with a giant lollipop in one hand, a churro in the other, and wearing a t-shirt that says Country Bears for Life. It's David, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't like the Country Bears. <laughs> but, uh, hi! <laughs> David, how are, how are you doing this week? I'm doing as well as anyone can be. That good that, enough. That explains everything that I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, that's that is the plan. We're going to be doing basically an interview this week. We're going to talk about a lot about things involving Disneyland. We'll kind of get to that in a second here. Just some very quick show notes. First up, iTunes views and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out our show. Helps other people find our show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for it now there and Abe, you can do just that. You can give us a rating and a star review. That'd be great. Yeah. Thanks for all the five stars. And uh, lastly, real quick here, it's now August 2020, which means we'll have a new wow. time. Yeah, I know. We'll have a... <laughs> the world is moving both very slowly Summer and very Gamble fast. Summer Gamble is coming to an end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, there, there's a whole other story um, but a uh, new commentary track will be coming along this month and that is going to be for Enter the Dragon the Bruce Lee action film martial arts film, kung fu film um, but yeah it's that's that's going to be a lot of fun uh, i just say that right now um, and uh, yeah so let's uh, let's just kind of get to it Abe you want to want to detail kind of yeah. what we're doing here yeah, essentially, we're, uh, a lot of this came up because of a couple of things. First things first is with some of the rides that were going to be replaced. We were talking with David about this a few weeks back. Want to have his opinion about that. But then we also uh, learned recently, the world learned recently, that Disneyland, Disney World, I think more Disney, was it both parks were going to reopen at the same time? Or more just Disney World? I can't recall. Well, Disneyland had planned to open July 17th. But they got delayed and now have no plans of reopening officially as of yet. Now, I know they're trying to figure things out, but with California getting worse and worse and worse with cases, they have not announced anything at all. Spoiler alert, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but first but, thing, well, yeah. Disney World's still open. Disney World's open, yeah, with the NBA yeah. as well. Um, in their bubble. It's all in the uh, bubble. Right. But first things first is uh, just an open question for, for David and for Aaron, and then I'll answer myself. But what does Disneyland mean to you? Like, what was your first experience? And do you enjoy going there? Do you go there like every month? What have you back pre-COVID and going to be, you know, post-COVID with vaccine? Um, but David, since you're the guest du jour, uh, what does Disneyland mean to you? It means... I mean, to me, it means it's kind of the pinnacle of American entertainment in in a sense, because if you track kind of technology in film and television over the decades, uh, a lot of it is Walt Disney's pioneering that kind of pushes mm. things along. You know, first animated cartoon with sound, first full length, full 
you know, length uh, animated feature, people didn't think it was doable or even watchable. And and then the first color in the animated short uh, was him. And then the multiplane camera, and you know, he's and then Fantasound when Fantasia came out in 1940, he was the first to have a surround sound kind of experience that he was trying to sell to theaters called Fantasound, mm-hmm. and f- theaters were like balking at it. We don't want to put this in our in our theaters. And you're a bad bad money. Disney. Yeah, and <laughs> take uh, your magic mouse somewhere else. <laughs> but so. There's a lot of these things if you just cover, if you just look at it, that he kind of spearheaded and invented and animatronics, you know, with the robot moving robot human figures at the theme parks and all that kind of stuff. It's just basically it's the history of Americana in entertainment at these parks. And uh, if you're into motion picture and I mean, the whole place is a motion picture park. So if you love movies, you should love Disneyland. Yeah. In a sense, because it's designed by motion picture artists and, you know, layout artists and architecture people. You know, it's like set dressing and you're walking into a moving motion picture. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's it just. Yeah, to me, it's just it's kind of the way of life for me. And I I've, I used to go being an annual pass holder and living locally. I used to go several times a month and several times I don't, a month. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it would just be for like an hour. Sometimes it'd be for two. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it it rarely became a full day thing for me. It was just one of those things like, well, we all have lives. We all have to work. I, I just need a little taste and then I'll, it'll last me through the week or something wow. like that. But yeah, and a lot of times I would just go and drink at the bar. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the, the perks so of being was, over 21. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Darren, uh, so I'm save, saving a lot of money. Um, I mean, the way David has just kind of described everything that kind of led to or is built into what Disney is, is a really nice and succinct way of putting it. So I don't have too much to add beyond it's just a a place that represents fun in my eyes, a certain kind of privileged fun for sure. Um, But you you don't go there to have a bad time. Um, You go there because you want a certain kind of freedom. Um, whether that can involve various different kinds of combinations of people, whether it's parents or children, uh, you, you know, husbands, wives, significant others. I mean, there's, you know, any ways, many number of ways to experience it. For me, it's just like I, I'm a huge fan of Disneyland. I like going. I don't have, I've never had an annual pass, but I've certainly been numerous times, and it, it's always this kind of, you know, this certain thing that just it's wonder it's wonder captured in a land and uh that that's great <laughs> yeah you guys have very two two very optimistic points of view mine is just more it represents stress levels um and it represents just this whole entire like the commercials lied to me <laughs> there's just so many people here the food is really expensive although it's not as expensive it's not just super expensive as it is uh when i thought i was as it, as it was when I thought uh, when I was 12, uh, but it's it's it it certainly is like I think uh, a really interesting place. Like all joking aside, I think it's it's actually one of those places where you're like, oh wow, I'm actually here and it actually is happening. I'm going to go into this place where I've seen all these movies uh, and then it's sort of coming to life. But honestly. Uh, it's it's David. You said it best with the it represents Americana. I mean, I wish I could say it as eloquently as you did, 
but that's what I would <laughs> I would I would almost like pin that to a medal as well um, and say that. But um, the, as far as you know, tying this into the fact that we're doing a movie podcast, saying if you like movies and you should like Disneyland, that's a that's an interesting quote, and I like that a lot. I like that kind of frame of view as far as mm-hmm. what it what the land represents, what the world, what have you represents. Yeah. Now also just that, like Abe, as far as what you're saying, it's like yes, Abe and I are presenting a kind of optimistic viewpoint. I don't deny that I, I, both of us know very much the pressures and stress that come with Disneyland as well. But at the same time, it's like going with that is this kind of result that you ideally want to have. And it's like if I'm going to talk about Disneyland. I'd rather represent the kind of the thing that I ultimately get out of it as opposed to the things that the, the little or whatever minor or major things kind of build right. into what it is as a whole. Yeah, because I, I I think my experience is different. Well, everybody's experience is different. But, David, you have a very unique one. of If you went a couple times a month uh, just for like a little bit of time, I think that's like a, a very unique way to experience Disneyland versus like the people that that travel from, let's say, you know, the middle of California or Northern California to Disneyland. And then they, this, they plan one day around it. And I think that's, that's what's adding to the stress levels. Cause I just remember who would be on walkie talkies back in the day and just being upset that they couldn't find their other parties and whatever else. But, uh, but overall, yeah, it actually, I, I love a lot of things about it, but let's move on. Um, as far as like COVID-19 and Disneyland, Disney world, David, you were mentioning that Disneyland, had plans to reopen in July. Disney World is now reopened. Um, again, I, th- I I think we're all on the same page of, yes, please don't reopen. But I loved how the internet was memeing the reopening videos right away. Um, but I'd love to hear your opinions <laughs> on this. Uh, but, David, uh, what were your opinions about COVID-19 Disneyland? Um, because this is not just affecting the people that will attend Disneyland, but all what they call, what what do they call their employees? They call them cast, like act- cast members. Cast members, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's going to affect hundreds of people uh, as well. So David, thoughts yeah. on COVID-19 in today's environment with Disneyland Disney World reopening? I, I mean, it, it's, it's, I go back and forth because I'm personally glad that it's not open because I would have, it would just basically increase the stress levels on myself, making me want to go despite not wanting to go. <laughs> Does that make right. sense? Yeah. And the fact that it's not open makes me a lot more calm about things. I have no FOMO, for example. If it's open, then you have all these annual pass holders who will have FOMO and will want to go regardless of if they have uh, a symptom or not. And mm-hmm. I know you have to take a, a temperature test just to go to downtown. So downtown Disney is open right now in Anaheim. This is the oh. outdoor shopping mall that is right next to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. For the people who are not familiar, there's two parks and one shopping district right next to it. That part is open and you do need to go through a temperature check. Masks, masks are required and uh, there's hand sanitized you know, stations and sinks to wash your hands, like spread out throughout the area. And they do have lines that require so many people to like, you know, go into a shop and the big shop for the, the world of Disney store, you have to check in and give someone your phone number and they'll text you when you can get oh, wow. into line. So that could actually take, and you, you know, you, you should do that. If you are in Southern California and you haven't done downtown Disney yet, you want to go, uh, here's a quick tidbit is to check in and it'll take an hour before you get texted back sometimes. So mm-hmm. you could 
check in and then walk around and explore and then you'll get called back to go to the main store is there but, a fast pass for sale to get in there faster <laughs> no <laughs> just go when it's like not as busy i guess in the right. evenings because it's so hot in southern california right now mm-hmm. uh evenings are kind of is the might be the busiest time to go so probably avoid that um but anyway um do i yeah i but you know walt disney world is open and florida is not doing great either but from everyone i've i've actually know a lot of people who have gone since it's opened i know someone who's there now and they feel that outside so florida they feel not safe in (laughs) but oh interesting but, but walt like and getting getting through like the airport and all that kind of stuff they don't like it but the walt disney world bubble they feel way safer than a lot of places in, in normal America. So like right. they'll, they, they'd rather be in this Walt Disney world bubble. They feel safer there than going to their local supermarket because you don't have that chance of that one radical person. That's going to be an anti-masker mm-hmm. or someone who, you know, they, right. they really don't want you to have the masks on with under your nose. They, they go around and tell people to make sure their masks are on. And so, and everyone who, who goes to Walt Disney World now, they know the rules and they just like, well, we're just we just want to actually be able to enjoy this. So we're not yeah. going to break the rules. So I, I'm, I go I lean two ways. Like it would be nice to go to Walt Disney World if I was a local because it feels safer than anywhere else. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I'm kind of glad it's not open because I would want to go all the time. Yeah, it'd be like the Florida Project Part 2. Um, yeah i am i am surprised that there hasn't been like numerous like viral videos of people like just acting a fool at disney world yeah there isn't (laughs) it's there were a few when disney springs opened but um it's slowly disney springs is uh well disney world's shopping district Ah, so Mm. it used to be called downtown disney but they changed it to disney springs to differentiate it's also way bigger just makes it sound like uh, there's like a golf club there or something oh yeah that's (laughs) that's enough playing radiator springs to be honest (laughs) yeah i mean it kind of you know it's yeah it's the it's basically their downtown disney but they Mm -hmm. changed the name aaron what was uh your feelings about COVID 19 disneyland disney world i also love how uh, David has so much re- uh, deference for Disney World, he calls it Walt Disney World, which might be the actual name that I've just been mistaken my whole <laughs> Yeah, well, people call it Disney, and that grinds my gears a lot when they say, well, I'm, we're going to go to Disney, and then I say, like, well, what do you mean, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? And yeah. you know, I mean, I don't mind if people said Disney World, but make it clear, because Disney is a company or a brand, but it's not a place. It's a man or a brand. Anyway, go on. Yeah, the, the, the DL or the D dubs, you know, just make it clear. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I'm at my wits' end as far as uh, yeah. people are concerned <laughs> when, yeah. when it comes to their reaction to COVID-19. Um, and that's not to speak for everybody, but there's certainly a significant portion of the population that just doesn't care enough and in relation to Disneyland, I, I, you know, I've already spoken optimistically about the park. I feel less so about the public going to the park and I'm all for the right precautions being taken, but I'm also all for waiting it out. 
um, as far as reopening goes. I'm surprised to hear that Walt Disney World um, has been fairly successful in all of this, especially given that it's in Florida. Uh, apologies to Florida listeners, but um, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'd rather there not be an incident than there be one. I, I don't. There's not as part of me that's like something better happened just to prove a point. Like I don't want that. I'd, li- I'd rather it just be an example of here's how you can do things properly. And if that model can be applied to Disneyland, which has not opened yet, as we've established, I mean, great. That's that they that'd be great to hear. I'd be I'd be happy to hear that happening. Um, should it reopen right now um, here specifically, given how things have gone in California, which is where all the three of us are, um, I I don't see a reason for it to. And not just because I don't think it's possible for you know the right implicate the right uh standards to be applied or what have you but also just because we haven't really earned it I, I don't i don't it's like getting a reward for doing none of the work i don't i don't see a reason for this place to open right now it applies to theaters too for that matter for as far as i'm concerned but you know yeah i i i hope there's a future that's relatively soon that will make things very clear as far as how things are supposed to go and that there's the appropriate reaction but until that time i'm 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 currently satisfied with how things are. Yeah, I, w- I was largely concerned about the the reopening as well. Um, I think that it was uh, along Aaron's, uh, and I think, David, you, you mentioned this as well, but there's like the social um, liability contract where it's like, hey, man, if you're going to go, then you'd have to follow all these rules. And I just I don't know if I have enough trust in, in some of these folks. Uh, not saying that I wouldn't. Uh, not saying that everybody is bad and everyone's like a bad uh, character. Just more, just I think that there's this is a larger discussion, like more geopolitical and also just political. But I think that there's like, I guess, and national. Um, there's like a larger discussion of American exceptionalism and what we think that we are versus how we're actually playing that out. And there's just a huge disconnect. And what I mean by that is like, yeah. You know, Americans, we can get we get the job done kind of thing. And then it's clear that we don't. Uh, so that social contract of just like, hey, if you're going to go there and you're going to if you if you promise not to, like, take your mask down, you're going to get temperature checked and whatever. I, I There's just some fool that's just going to be like, I don't know doing something stupid but that's I think... the that's the thing about infections too it's the it's the one apple spoils the bunch thing and that's not just right. like you take that apple and it's bad and it's okay it's like no if that bad if that bad apple spreads everyone gets sick like yeah. it's, it's such a people don't seem and, to realize this right <laughs> i think that my, my other larger point is also more larger concern is, is that there's a lot of like children there too like this is not just like a place for adults i mean there was like a, a story in indiana about a public school opening and they just were in quarantine that same day kind of thing and it's like yeah this is we're just what, what's going on here you know um so yeah it's a tough situation i i i feel for everybody that works there because again that's their job um and I feel for, you know, a lot of families that have spent money and, you know, David, I, I know some folks up here too, excuse me, I know some folks up here too that have passes and go like almost every month. And yeah, of course I feel bad for that because they're, they're essentially missing out on a, a very regular thing in their life, right? So to take that away is is kind of very, very much like a, a huge struggle. So I'm all for people having fun, but I'm also all for like a safe, safe environment. 
Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of people have asked me, how do I feel or do you miss it so badly? And I'm actually like, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, the fact that nobody can go. It makes it actually easier. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and right. It's not, I, I think, you're not limited. It's not like, like you broke a leg and you can't walk, but everyone else is. Walk. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's like yeah. yeah, everybody is in the same situation. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, moving on That's, to, to, I, to relate that to again to movie. I mean, you would think that like. You know, we do a movie podcast. We go to the movies every week, but I haven't been to the, this is every week is a longer record for me not going to the movie theaters for the longest of times. <laughs> <laughs> every new day is another extension of that record. But do I feel bad about I mean, there's like a level of me that's like, yeah, it'd be nice to go. But like, I'm not I'm coping with that rather well, <laughs> given right. the scenario that's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to the other thing. Oh, that real, real quick, Abe, because you yeah, brought yeah, up the, you brought up the videos, um, with the, with the the, the Disney reopen videos now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut around. Uh, you mentioned like I know you you brought up the the Shining Us, right? Those are like trailers that kind of edited around. People to, like, edited them. Simulate. Yeah. My favorite one is the Midsummer version. The Midsummer. <laughs> oh, I haven't so, seen this. That one's really it has it relies on repetition and it's really clever how they do it. Well, to be to be clear to people, I'll try to put some in the show notes. There is a Disney commercial that emphasizes like what they've done to make the park safer for people but the video it's kind of creepy to watch and many you know clever video editors have taken to that and have re-edited those videos to match movies like the shining or us or midsummer as i mentioned and they're quite funny <laughs> i, I thought everyone just sounds uh hysterical right now it, it is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um david there was also something that happened this past year which kind of just like kicked off all of this discussion that we had offline to make a, a show about the theme parks. And that was a rise controversy. And I'd love for you to kind of go into, cause you're the, the most knowledgeable expert here um, about the history of it all. But uh, I'd love for you to kind of just talk about why there was ride controversy and what happened and I guess what might happen. Are you talking about Splash Mountain? Yes. Okay. To, to back real, real quick up, when we were first discussing doing this episode, this was still a debate that was happening that you had brought up to me and to Abe and I that I was not aware of as far as this is a thing. And then like a week later, maybe days later, it was announced that this was happening, which I thought would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually pretty shocking because I was in the camp that didn't believe that this could happen because it's a lot of money to be spent to revamp a very popular ride. Now, uh, to, to give a backtrack to listeners, you know, it took forever for them to update Star Tours. And hmm. that's a ride that was like dwindling in popularity. And the the whole purpose, they, they and when that ride opened, they already teased the fact that, oh, it's a movie so we can update this ride. And but, you know, it, it took them forever to do that. But when they finally did so you know they did and now they update it all the time but um but for splash mountain that's so that's a that's a ride based on uh, song of the south and if you haven't seen it you're not alone because mm -hmm. disney refuses to release it and the last time it was released was around 19 mid 1980s in the theaters and but if you live in another country you can get this movie you could see this movie easily oh i didn't know that <laughs> Relatively it's a Spain easily. favorite, I tell you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in Japan, they had it on Laserdisc and, you know. Man, it's... I miss Laserdisc. At least flip the disc over. <laughs> in, and... India Criterion Collection is wild with Song for the South. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
but I mean, they don't have the, you know, the civil rights uh, dilemma that we have here. And sure. so it's basically just a, a little a moment in time for them. Uh, and now what but, about the ride where people so it, there's is representative okay. of Song in the South? I mean, I guess all of it, but at the same well, time, here's the thing. The ride has nothing in it that's totally racist. No, there's. There, you you can argue that there's uh, stereotypes being used in the voices because the the animated characters in Song of the South were all voiced by black actors. Uh, in the, and this is a 1946 movie for those who forgot. This is an old movie. This is still in the segregated times of, yeah. of the United States. And so when the movie premiered, you know, the, the main actor who played Uncle Ramus, James Basquette, he was not even allowed to go to the premiere. So that's the that's what we're talking about here. But the movie was not intentionally racist. It was just uh, inauthentic, if if there's a word okay. to capture it. It's basically if if the NAACP gave notes, they really didn't follow it. But they didn't intend to uh, hurt anybody's feelings, or you know, they because if you watch the movie. It's the Uncle Ramus is the star, and he's the he's the ca- character in the movie that you relate to the most. He's he's the one that you actually like the most. But at the same time, if you know he does speak in these stereotypical kind of ways, and that could be offensive to some. And but the thing is, that's also how some people talked back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not you know the it's not dis- too dissimilar from movies now that people find issue with i mean something like 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 driving through stage or whatever even i mean it's not as though song of the south was like a movie where people are in blackface and doing horrible things like it's a movie that's presenting a certain type of depiction of life based off the means that they had at that point in movie making and like how they felt they were doing a right thing given the people that were making the movie it's not too dissimilar from like gone with the wind i mean it's i'd be sure it'd be great to actually have this out as far as a in this and in the same way as gone with the wind on hbo max where they have they had to like take it off and put it back on with like a note that provides a note yeah like context and and even some videos that like add some like you know this is what's going on here's a conversation about that i think disney disney plus well, I don't see this happening. I think that's to be the per- especially given the times right now, it'd be a perfect opportunity to be like, here's yeah. this thing that we've been holding back from you for years, but guess what? We have a whole 45 minute program featuring a panel of experts that talk about why this is a problem. Like, I would be fully welcome to that over them yeah. trying to like just shove it under a carpet and say this doesn't exist. Yeah, and 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 this is a movie that I think would have, I think Disney has made a mistake in hiding it because mm-hmm. I think the more people that see this the more they can learn. They could learn why is this problematic and then they'll learn about it and then they go, oh, and then they could have done this at an early age as children and then grow up with this and just kind of like be aware of it. And then I think they would be better pers- people now. But the fact that they hid it for decades, since like if you, the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, it's the kind so, of thing where you make a mistake and then you just double down on it. Like that's because studios don't tend to be like, you know what, yeah, we were wrong. Like that's right. not really a studio thing. Yeah, and a lot of it is because, you know, well, I mean, I don't want to put this in a bad way, but or but it is the white men are in charge of these companies and they're kind of being a gatekeeper for something that does not belong to them. Mm-hmm. They own the movie, yes, but they're 
they're scared to address the race relations and that's why they're hiding it. That's a very interesting point about about who's in charge and how that actually has downstream effects, you know what I mean? So something I hadn't thought about before in terms of I wonder why they're doing it. Maybe it's to hold and save face and save the logo. But also, like what you just said there, uh, a white person might not get the the significance of it or know how to like figure that out. And this comes up because I had a friend of mine who has their their CEO sent out a letter a letter during um, the Black Lives Matters like the the early stages of it. Um, and in it, she was remarking to me that uh, the CEO went to a conference in 2015 or something like that. And only then realized that there was like almost what we would call two Americas. And I was like, how old is this person? This person is like, unless they're like 18, I would get it. But no, this person's like in their 50s. She's uh, a white woman over at the CEO. uh, The CEO is a white woman in her 50s. And I was like, that's wild to me that it took a conference for her to understand that there's, you know, racial disparity and also just like, systemic racism throughout the the history of the united states it's like it's crazy so when you mentioned that david i just am thinking to myself that actually makes a lot of sense yeah and, and it's a shame because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have that are proponents of releasing this movie that are black because mm-hmm. they want the conversation that comes with it right now and, and they know that the movie is problematic and there's you know there's not and there's nothing wrong with that because gone with the wind is probably even more problematic and it's released and you could mm-hmm. buy it and mm-hmm. i mean and also this uh and i don't want to it sounds selfish when i back when i was younger it sounded selfish for me to say that i wanted a release because i just wanted a movie released mm-hmm. you know but now i've i've seen it several times it's it's more of a i think it's more damaging to hold it back to be mm-hmm. honest so so, so let's I, I, I'm yeah, I was, fascinated by this so let's talk let's go back to talk about I was gonna say, let's relate it back to the ride okay so splash mountain they a lot of people who haven't seen the movie are wanting it to be gone because it's from it's based off of a, a problematic sure. movie and but then when they put the ride out in 1989 they they kind of stripped it of all of its the race problems if that makes any sense, yeah, it's only all about I think the about is like the country bears, right? Well, the, not the country bears, the like Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, and Br'er Bear. Those are the three main characters, and Uncle Ramus is not present at all, except for a sign in the queue that just kind of references him. But uh, these, so these animated characters are all voiced by in the original movie are all voiced by black actors, including James Basquette, who voiced uh, Br'er Fox. So. I mean, for for me to think about that at the times, like, well, you have a segregated United States and Walt Disney's putting a a black actor in the starring role and also voice having them voice all the animated characters. That's pretty that's kind of a bold step if you think about it, because you think about animation now, like how hard it is to get people of color in main roles. It's I mean, it's 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 better now. But there was was a long stretch of time where that just wasn't happening. Right. And so for for that to be 1946, I I feel like it's kind of like, well, I mean, that's actually really uh, (laughs) that's kind of great. And and I I think think it's. Oh, go ahead. I, I just think it's sad because these are characters. These are actors that 
the black community should be able to celebrate with its flaws and but to celebrate these actors for what they've done in right. in cinema history but so but moving on to splash mountain they stripped away everything that was problematic about it and the characters still kind of talk like that and there are still i i've seen interviews of some people who have said that the ride just they can't ride the ride because it reminds them of, of what the movie is and the movie really just rubs them the wrong way and I'm not I mean, going to say that they're wrong. Yeah, it's just like the voice. It's so it's so much more like country bumpkin over specifically trying to target people to me. But. Yeah, yeah, it really is cleaned up. And the way I see it is, and this is going to be a weird take, um, the way I see Splash Mountain is kind of the way the way that Disney remakes movies these days. Hmm. And if you Splash Mountain is basically a remake of Song of the South, if they did it without all the racism and the problematic storyline. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because yeah. if you look at, let's say, Lady and the Tramp that's on Disney+, Plus, they took out the Siamese cat song. Um, but are you going to argue that Lady and the Tramp, the original, shouldn't exist anymore because it had a racist moment? Um, the, the Aristocats has a Chinese cat that plays the pianos with chocolate. Like, are we going right. to get rid of that? Pro- d- yeah, problematic today, but, I mean, it's in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, back, it's in the movie. Was Dumb, I've seen Dumbo cats do the... that, too. I mean, so okay, I don't know what we're really <laughs> commenting on here. <laughs> You've got to record it. We've we got to be famous. <laughs> yeah, and the whole, like, you know, Dumb- the new Dumbo getting rid of the crows. Uh, well, does that mean the right. – does that mean that movie shouldn't exist because the original had um, Jim Crows, literal Jim Crows? But – I mean, personally speaking, those crows in that movie are my favorite character. Because I, 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 would, I don't disagree. I still contend that the there's some subversion there I think is actually pretty clever, and those characters are very positive. So, I mean, I don't know what the... Yeah. It comes down to, I don't like this because I see it. And it's like, well, that's not enough. You need to do a little bit of work there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're the, they were the most positive characters in the movie, and they had a yeah. great song. Everyone else and... in Dumbo's a dick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like everyone's yeah. mean to Dumbo. <laughs> yeah so anyway i mean my point is like they're 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 basically trying to say that the remake should be removed because the original was racist Uh uh-huh right and they they are going through with changes now too they are they have officially changed it and i don't know if it's because of pressure they say disney has announced that they've been working on it for years and but they're also saying that this change is not coming for years because they're not there yet. <laughs> so right. this is a very uh, premature announcement in, if you think about it in Disney ways, because they usually don't announce something until it's about ready to go. For like if, a ride, right? No, unless yeah. like a land you get, you get like a, like anticipation for Marvel land is like, I want, I understand why you'd say, yeah, this is something we have planned, but right. right. Like for Marvel land, they'd be like, okay, Marvel land's coming. So you know that a bugs land is going to go. And, no. and and then they you would have like a little a finite amount of time that you'd be able to see Bugs Land one last time. But yeah, yeah. Um, for this, they I mean I guess they're they know that the park's not open, so we can't go back. But it's also it's also weird because if they're gonna close this, does that mean Zippity Doo Dah and all the songs in the ride are no longer being allowed in the parks again? Are these characters? blocked from the 
ever, ever appearing in parades and walking around and meeting guests anymore. I doubt uh, that. I don't think it would it, go that far necessarily. Well, Zippity did it, at least. I feel like that's going to stick no matter what. But um, I mean, to talk about like why the announcement came and what have you, I mean, it feels like it's a pretty – it's a twofer, right? It's like if you, you get this kind of – the fact that, yeah, we are updating this thing to represent another movie, which we'll get to as far as something that's more relevant that people will, you know, be aware of. But also, we are capitalizing on a moment here. We're, but, you know, our our nation is dealing with a very real issue right now, again. Right. Um, but also, and, I don't, I don't know. What, what like better that... way to generate buzz for something <laughs> for, to kind of put Disney in a certain kind of light and address an issue without kind of while having like a backup in place. It's not like you're just, right. taking, you're not just taking this thing away because we wanted to respond to something. It's, Hey, we're, we're putting this new thing in here because you can be excited about that. Also, we're getting rid of that thing that you kind of found problematic. Like it's a little, yeah. it works both ways in that extent. Yeah. But at the same time, there wasn't really that much of a movement until all sure. of a sudden. Yeah. And it, yeah. you know, it, I, it could be preemptive know. to some degree as far as before people start yelling at us again after they move focus a little bit, we can kind of announce this thing that we probably already did have at some degree. Because I mean, you're you're not right as far as just the logic of having a ride there based on a movie that basically doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, it doesn't not make sense to replace it with a different movie, regardless of the context of what that older movie is. It's like it does make sense to update a ride. I mean, look at the submarine ride. I don't think right, anyone's right. thinking Twenty Thousand Leagues is too racist i think they're just like finding nemo is pretty popular i think we could do something with this right here well that was a walt disney world version of the submarine was in uh was the Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea ours was just a submarine voyage and it was closed because nobody was going on it. that's the yeah. difference with this <laughs> yeah, one sure. is that, <laughs> is that Splash very Mountain, popular. it's very popular and yeah. it remains popular and so but a lot of uh, yeah so anyway i don't think we actually said that it's being replaced with princess and the frog yet on this podcast it's yeah. officially announced it's out in the ether you probably already heard of it so but just in case you haven't um so and princess of the frog is i i like the movie but it's also kind of they're they're taking they're making the ride take place after the kiss so spoiler alert they they were frogs and now they're humans <laughs> <laughs> and oh no and and not just the prince but the girl too and so tiana, tiana princess tiana, now princess tiana was and it nadir and tiana what's that nadir is that the prince uh navir oh now a... i can't remember yeah, i can't remember naveen naveen, naveen. it was an n <laughs> yeah and so to me that actually makes it not as interesting to to take to have the ride take place as a sequel After. yeah because man, I want to see Doctor Facilier in that. I want to see all those voodoo dolls. Who says he like, won't be in there? I don't know. You but never he's know. Dead. You, gotta, you gotta pay Keith David. He's ah. dead. What, what do you think sequels are? There's always he's, he's voodoo. You know, there's all kinds. Of I, don't <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I will say. I mean, I'll say this. To, I yeah. mean, I, I do think. I mean, that's a pretty appropriate movie to replace it with. There's plenty of music to go along with. There, like, there's all kinds of positives that go with this. It's a, it's a, you know, a black focused princess Disney princess movie, which you know, kind of is a interesting reversal from having Splash Mountain be about Song of the South. The only issue I have is that this should be a New Orleans Square. <laughs> like, it's an it's a country critter, well, here, critter yeah, country, whatever and, it is. Well, here and here's the thing: is that critter country is right next to New Orleans Square at yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. And so 
being that close is fine, but yeah, Critter Country as a whole is going to need to change. Will they rezone but it? In, yeah. <laughs> Will they be rezoning think, Disneyland? Well, the rest, the rest of Critter Country right now is Winnie the Pooh, so they could just change it to, like, 100 Acre Wood for that area, but... There you go. Um, or or in, dress in, up Winnie the Pooh in, like, New Orleans garments. <laughs> yeah. Like, suddenly Tigger, yeah, like, honey, make... Yeah, it, it tastes delicious. No, like, yeah, he want like, suddenly Winnie the Pooh doesn't want honey, he wants beignets with honey. But, you know, British woods and next to the bayou swamps of uh, Louisiana, I don't know. <laughs> you can make it Revolutionary but, War themed, and you can, you know, you yeah. have the British but, there. And... But at the, uh, here, here's another thing, is that yeah. it works here, but in Florida, Splash Mountain is located right smack in the middle of Frontierland. <laughs> it's uh, it's right next to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad over there. Well, and David, what do you think the Louisiana Purchase was? That's all Frontierland. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, <laughs> you, you know, it was shoehorned in in Florida to begin with. So yeah. I guess they're always gonna have like some sort of uh, weird placement issue over there. But uh, I guess they'll figure it out. And I mean, I, I I do love Princess and the Frog, but it's I, I don't I don't like the whole replacing a black property with another black property. Mm-hmm. I think there's room for both, but I don't know. And and I'm like I'm a person who I don't care if the movie's able to be seen or not to have a ride. I grew up watching. I grew up going to Disneyland and not having seen Snow White or Peter Pan or. Uh, Wind in the Willows, that the uh, Adventures of Mr. Toad and Ich- Ichabod and Mr. Toad and all that kind of stuff because that just wasn't available all the time. It wasn't, you know, VHS was like slowly coming out with mm-hmm. what movies were on. And so I, I don't know. I, I still like the rides, even though I never seen the movies. So I, I don't believe in the whole Song of the South has to be seen to enjoy Splash Mountain. I yeah, think I, I'm not necessarily saying that, but it's more of I understand park logic as far as why you would do a certain, why you would update certain things to reflect a certain time. I mean, we're taking out a Bug's Life, like, and like I get it. Like Marvel's very popular, and a Bug's Life is at this point not the most referenced of Pixar movies. I, I so having a whole land devoted to it, despite how clever it is, because I think it's quite clever. Like I understand the reasoning there. Well, yeah, we all love Slick. Yeah, I, I mean, still, you know, I mean, the only I, thing that's I, controversial there is uh, Hopper, right? Because uh, Kevin Spacey. Well, it helps that he plays the biggest the villain? villain in all of Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the most hateable person. In he was going to squish movies. the princess's head. <laughs> he, he was doing all kinds. of He is terrifying. There is no. Is there another Pixar villain that's more terrifying than Hopper? Uh. Syndrome is close. Well, syndrome. I mean, syndrome's just a goofy guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's an overzealous kid that grew up to be rich. Yeah. Um. Well, let's transition over to some fun stuff because David, you were talking about rides, and we were talking about essentially you were dropping some knowledge here about. Uh, this is what impressed Aaron and I is like you. You literally have a map of the park in your head, but beyond that, you have like the substructure of the map too. Like, you know, where all the water flows, and it's, it's amazing. You know, yeah, like, if we, were, if, if we were doing, like, an Ocean's Eleven-style heist, like, you'd be very much in on this plan with yeah. us. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're the Don Cheadle of the group. <laughs> yeah. But with all that being said, though, Aaron, uh, I'm going to hand it over to you to kind of take us through some, some cool stuff, some fun stuff. Yeah, well, so, yeah, let's get, let's get I kind of, we'll see how much, how much we can pack in the kind of time that we have, but I, want, I kind of divided it up. 
as far as things about Disneyland. And so we can kind of focus on rides first. And I was curious, are there any rides that you never want to see leave the park? The classics, you know, like uh, Small World, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Space Mountain, Matterhorn. You know, it was all it's all the major mountain peaks. And Splash Mountain was on that list. Does Autopia fall into that? Isn't that technically classic? Eh, that's an original. Uh-huh. But uh, I guess classic has been be- it's, it's been it's, there for a while. I guess is my yeah, <laughs> that is that that actually that, that does define classic. But I don't I don't have a a soft spot for Autopia. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think it's here, well. Here's what I'll say is that I wonder I think if anyone a, knows. Is my thought on that? Just... I think a ride like that needs to is part of the fun of Disneyland for kids is uh-huh. to drive your own car because you know. Looking around, yeah, there's places that have go-karts and stuff, but that's for older kids. Um, there's not a place for younger kids to drive a car. I guess they could go to Legoland. There's, like, baby versions of it. But um, I think for, for the younger crowd, I, I just think it needs to be updated with electric vehicles and a, a more interesting visual track. And it could be smaller. It could, it could be... Uh, and I don't I don't know if you guys realize this, but the submarine voyage is underneath the the Autopia track for part of it. So it's um, the submarine voyage ride goes on into the tunnel and it comes out. Mm-hmm. And so it actually there's like two two uh, rides on top of each other. And yeah. I kind of I kind of like that it saves space in a little way. Right. But I think Autopia does take up a, a huge footprint. And it could probably get into more layers that way. So I wouldn't mind redoing it. It could probably take up less of a carbon footprint as well, given the theme <laughs> of that ride. Uh, <laughs> at at yeah, first, I thought and, that's what David meant when he said electric cars. And then I was like, yeah. no, I think he just means like on a, on a rail. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I do want elect- – I'd rather have a electric cars because we don't want to be inhaling that gasoline when yeah. we're on the ride. That's a great point. So, yeah. Uh, Haunted Mansion. Just, I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's Hi. great. Pirates will never leave. So I mean, I mean especially yeah. not when they they replaced the face with Johnny Depp. I mean, that might leave at some point. But I, I <laughs> although things have changed, things have turned. There have been stranger tides in the whole case involving <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Johnny Depp right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you could wait a hundred years, and if everything's still around, they'll have their own version of pirates, and they'll replace Johnny Depp. You know, that'll happen probably. What uh, what rides are due for a major update? Do you think? major update you know disneyland does a pretty good job updating their rides Mm -hmm. because um i mean if it's not the track then like for example uh just five years ago disneyland updated the the snowman in the matterhorn and so now it's like a full moving scary animatronic and that's really cool Uh, and they do little things like that from time to time you know, like in Alice in Wonderland, the the Fantasyland ride, mm-hmm. they had uh, they added a lot of like little animations in between the scenes that are animatronic, so that the move the background is moving a little bit more or a little bit an- more animated in that Wonderland world. So it's really kind of cool, and they they do that for, and they're supposed to be doing that with like Snow right Snow White right now. They're updating that ride, and um it's kind of so it's hard to i i do think um yeah the tomorrowland is probably needing the more most help right now with like autopia probably needs to be redone um like i said to electric vehicles and a new track 
to be smaller a smaller footprint. The like, I'm not saying it. You know, Tomorrowland's not popular. I'm sure it kind of is, but it just feels <clears> like you have was it Galaxy Ed, Galaxy's Edge Edge, and it's it doesn't necessarily make Tomorrowland redundant, but it's like you have a very <laughs> sci-fi heavy land over here that happens to feature the most popular franchise in the world. And then you have like Tomorrowland's also here too, and you have Space Mountain, and you have you know George Clooney made that movie. Yeah, we need a Solaris ride. Um, <laughs> but it's like yeah, I, I can see there be, you know being some major changes there that help I guess help differentiate it more. I mean, obviously, Autopia is not exactly like oh yeah, that's just like Star Wars Land, but you have you know there are things there I think that could make it stand out a little bit more as far as like why we still need a Tomorrowland when we live in 2020, <laughs> and, and Star Wars Land is away from there. Well, uh, you know, Star Wars Land is kind of more of like a frontier land with Star sure. Wars elements. I I get that, but it's like you have Star Tours there. You have that one theater that I don't. What are, what are they showing in that theater these days? I think it was just uh, it was made, it was just a movie preview of something. Mm. For I, I assume Star Wars was my guess. It, yeah, <laughs> it was Path of the Jedi for the longest time, which yeah. is a compilation movie of the story of star wars basically and then you have space mountain which seems to go back and forth on kind of being adjacent to star wars uh and then there's what yeah the imagineering building what is that the uh innovations, oh, uh, innovations? Well, star, it's, the, it's the star wars launch bay now it's the star wars the... launch bay so it's like that yeah, you see what oh, i'm wow. saying here i mean it feels well, like there could be a here, way to kind of so make here's out. the weird thing about galaxy's edge and this is a huge tangent from what we're talking about is that galaxy's edge is for right now is stuck in a moment of time it's a groundhog's day between <laughs> the the last jedi and rise of skywalker and it's a specific location and Basically, in that land, Star Wars does not exist in the way we look yeah, at it. You know, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. And so Tomorrowland Star Wars is where it's Star Wars and we're celebrating Star Wars because we love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like Star Tours is basically Star Wars the ride. It's a greatest hits. Yeah, it's a greatest hits. Time Timelines don't matter because you're in prequel trilogy era, but you're going to sequel trilogy places. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, okay. You know, um, well, I mean, the planet what... still exists. I mean, just because yeah. we're not on Naboo anymore, it's not like you can't go to Naboo anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, right. But they 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 made it the Star Speeder one thousand. It used to be the Star Speeder three thousand. So the sequel trilogy era should be Star Speeder either three thousand or six thousand. You know. <laughs> It should be a, a, a later version of the Star Speeder, but right. uh, so anyway. But I mean, you know, you know what I mean. It's like Star Wars is Star Wars in Tomorrowland, whereas in Galaxy's Edge, it's a Star Wars location, and the words Star Wars does not mean anything. I hear what you're saying, and that's a very good summation of uh, of the argument of what what the difference is between the two. I get you. Right, and that's what I tell people when they say, "Oh, Star Tours should be at the at Galaxy's Edge," and I'm like, "No, that doesn't make sense because you don't go to. I mean, you, I don't know. There's, I mean, I don't. You don't need an example. I think you've made a pretty clear point. I, I get it. Like it, it's <laughs> yeah. just it's not dissimilar from other lands. I mean, like uh, the uh, New Orleans Square, like that's stuck in a very specific time in American history. Right. I, like, yeah. Uh, critter country like you know that's that well, those are very sp- i get it i hear i hear what yeah. you're saying yeah definitely um let's move on what are there any are there any rides that you think should be removed like regardless of like the the feasibility of that being possible is there anything that you're like this doesn't really need to be in here anymore 
Yeah, I think there's like a lot of Toontown that can be revised and updated. Like there's a Goofy's Playhouse now, which is just a it used to be the Goofy's Bounce House. And basically you just go in and just look at his stuff and touch it. And it's just a play <laughs> it's just it's just a playground now. And yeah. then there's a Chippendale's treehouse, which used to be the acorn crawl, but they got rid of the acorn crawl. It's just a tree. And you climb up and you go like, Wow, that's it. <laughs> so it sounds like so they've I, just re- they've removed the stuff that made those things fun to some ba- Yeah, but now it's basically not even fun for kids, which uh-huh. is what it was intentionally meant for. And I, I think and then you have Minnie's house and Mickey's house where you could go into and then meet them. But I think there's I don't think we need those anymore. I think they should there's plenty of room to be uh, a really cool Toontown kind of restaurant. If you can imagine like an ink and paint club, but, you know, but with characters while you're eating and stuff like that, like a character dining experience, I think should be fun in Toontown or mm-hmm. um, I mean, gadget, and they have gadgets. Gokos talk about a, a a ride based on something that nobody knows about. Gadgets Go Coaster is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I mean, at least they could watch that on Disney Plus now, but. I think that that roller coaster can be twice as long. I think just because it's for kids doesn't mean it should be super short. And so I, I think that little there's a little corner of Toontown that really needs to be updated. Are you a fan of the Who Framed Roger Rabbit ride? I love that ride. I think it's fan- so. I myself am a huge fan of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. That is my favorite yeah. ride in the Disney. Uh-huh. So the idea of putting basically that, but framing it around Roger Rabbit and making the car spin based on like combining teacups with it is yeah. brilliant like that's the yeah. most brilliant thing they could have done <laughs> like, <Right. it's> <laughs> which is basically which is what i like about the california adventure landlords it feels like because they've had time and technology advanced they've been able to make some right like the little mermaid one for example where you're basically doing the same thing as fantasy land where you're having very specific rides tailored to a specific movie and you have a track that you go around but because the technology is better you can really go to town with how it inter- involved you to make that experience and that's what roger right. rabbit felt like Right. Like, yeah, we've we've already had Fantasyland. These rides are great. What can we do to improve upon that? And that's what you got with when Roger Rabbit came out. Right. Yeah. That it's basically two Fantasyland rides into one. Uh huh. Which is which is great. I have problems with the Little Mermaid ride, but we don't have to go into that this time. Um, <laughs> I mean, more of just like the construction of it. It just feels or like I don't know the Monsters Inc. ride. That's very similar too, as far as yeah, like they, yeah, they they've well, taken what's worked and expanded upon that. Regardless, yeah, actually, of how I, I think successful. I it think is. with Mister, I think with the Monsters Inc. ride, they made they actually made it worse. And that's another topic too. <laughs> yeah. I also just want to add very briefly. Listeners are wondering why is Abe not saying anything. I've been to Disneyland twice in my life, like so I only know of like a handful of things. <laughs> so I, I love this conversation. I'm just, I just love listening in. Yeah, well, if you only went went twice, are you even fascinated by this, or is it just kind of boring? I am fascinated he by said, it. He said, he said he likes listening in. Yeah, I, <laughs> I actually, I, yeah, I really am just like, wow, these guys are really knowledgeable in all this stuff that I have no idea. Uh, but no, no, no. A- anyway, uh, I just want to give uh, everyone a heads up on as to why I'm just like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> are there, and this might apply to some of the things I just mentioned, but are there any rides that you feel are needlessly complicated? Um, I guess you can argue if we're staying in Disneyland, Rise of the Resistance might be needlessly complicated. Which one is that? 
that's the newest that ride. The newer that's, one? The, that's the newest Star Wars ride, and and I don't, I almost don't want to get into it right now because it opened in for Anaheim. It opened in January, middle of January, and then two months later it had to shut down. So a lot of people have not been able to experience it, and I rather we'll save that for another time when, you know, because I think what I'll get into is too too spoilery. But it's, it's it, there's a lot of levels to that one. There's a lot of layers and. I think I think it's it's fun. It's um, I think people still are going to be blown away. But there's something about it that I will I'll, I'll get into that next time. We'll see if it still bothers me in a, in a, in a month. <laughs> sure. Um, let's let's move on to the shows. Um, how do you feel about the parades? What do we have? There's a lot. Are, are there like what three or four a day or are there more? Am I underestimating? There's there used to be a, like four parades a day. And I think and now there's only two. Uh, but mm. what the reason for that is, I, I think the the attendance has grown dramatically. And what and you know what fast pass is? You you get the you go there and you get a a fast pass ticket for a ride that you don't have to wait in line for. It tells you when to come back. Mm-hmm. By doing so, that increases the amount of bodies that are just floating around, not waiting in line. Mm-hmm. And so it creates kind of a problem with with crowds and and basically parades because parades you need to create a blockage of walkways and you have the the artery that goes from the top to the bottom of the park split in half it cannot be crossed until there's gaps in the parade so uh, but but parades are kind of a necessary thing you you have to have a parade it's it's kind of like a staple it, that's a classic, I guess. So, yeah, I'm fine with parades. <laughs> they're annoying <laughs> when you're not, they're annoying when you're not planning on watching it. But I to a you. lot of to a lot of families, they it's a tradition and it's a great way to keep because the kids can't all ride all the rides. So the parade is like an entertaining thing for them, and they just sit on the curb. They can get some ice cream or popcorn or churro or something like that. And it's kind of like, it's, it's the Disneyland experience to a lot of people. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I tend to equate parades to scenes in movies where there are two people in a chase and there's a train track and one person gets across and the other have to wait for the train to move before they can go. That's how I feel about parades generally. I'm always like, <sighs> ah, it's in the way. I can't get here now. Right. It is it, for, yeah. For anyone who's not watching the parade, it's very much a nuisance. And then I tend to think of these parades as all animatronic because that's all that I've seen in anime and in like other sci-fi movies. I'm gonna guess that they're not. <laughs> well, in Itchy and Scratchy Land, they are. Exactly. <laughs> don't, don't don't take any pictures of those. No, movies. yeah, no photography. <laughs> <laughs> what time's the three o'clock parade? <laughs> it's a three fifteen parade coming right after this one. Um. What about the light shows and the fireworks shows? How do you feel about those? What, Fire- do they do they alternate? So they have, uh, well, um, okay, so at Disneyland, you have the two nighttime spectaculars. You have Fantasmic, which is in Frontierland, and then you have the fireworks. And they do alternate the time so that you're not watching both at the same time. And it's also like a crowd safety kind of thing. Yeah, you I want, get that. And they don't you make know. you have to choose. Like, ah, oh, right. I want to see Mickey on the thing, but the fireworks. Right. Well, so yeah, actually, they have Fantasmic start, and then they have the fireworks start right after that, so they can have everyone at Fantasmic stay put and watch uh-huh. the fireworks. Makes because sense. they could see it from there. And then they actually added some screen projections 
to the river when the fireworks are going so they have more to look at. So instead of watching like the fireworks that, in the sky, you're I like watching. that we're talking about Disneyland specifically because we can do another episode talking about California Adventure because there's lots to talk about. Oh, there, trust I'd me, I'm already, I'm already starting to think of ideas for the next podcast that follows this one up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna get into that, but like, yeah, in California Adventure, you have World of Color, which is the water show, and which uh, is quite impressive. That I really like that show. Visually, I, it's impressive. I have sure. problems with it. <laughs> how do you feel? How do you think the neighbors feel when they're just like free fireworks every night, and then 15 years later they're like. Damn these fireworks! Nah, you well, get used to that. Well, think about it now. When you haven't had fireworks for months, That's actually, I can't sleep because I don't get my my <laughs> nightly fireworks. They've got to turn on the white noise machine. That's just a fireworks. Exactly. Show. The white noise. It's it's probably for the to, for the closest neighbors. It's probably a relief. But yeah. at the same time, uh, I remember, you know, I lived close enough where I could hear the fireworks at nine thirty every night, and it was all oh, it was always kind of comforting that they were there. Because even if you and weren't watching the rocket's it, red glare. No, I mean, just you could just hear it, and it was always like right. the same time at night. You always just knew that it was nine thirty, yeah. and it's kind of like a like a clock tower in a way. It was the it was the clock tower of Orange County was my, the fireworks. Uh, my favorite thing. Hope the lightning doesn't strike the uh, the fire the Orange County clock. Um, my my <laughs> favorite thing is when I have screenings up in L.A. Um, that are start at seven and are just about two hours. Cause that means as I'm driving home, I'll get to Disneyland around nine 30, which is when the fireworks are generally get a free to show. <laughs> so yeah. I get a free show on the freeway as I'm driving home. And it's wonderful. It's just really yeah. pleasant. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I miss it. Yeah. The fireworks are actually really cool. I mean, I know that there's like neighborhoods right next to Disneyland. I'm sure that they're aware of it, but yeah, yeah the fireworks, the nighttime fireworks show, and how it's every night, right? It's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, and well, I, here's I, here's something I will bring up though that this is a complaint. They've kept they've kept on expanding the fireworks show in a way where it it they began to start incorporating fireworks directly onto the castle. So the the fireworks aren't just aren't just shooting from behind Disneyland. They're actually shooting from the castle now, like oh. some of them, mm-hmm. and. To do that, they have to close all of Fantasyland <laughs> right behind the castle. So that means Snow White, Pinocchio, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Peter Pan's Flight, the Carousel, all of those rides closed for the for before the fireworks and a duration afterwards. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I think hmm. fireworks should just be the fireworks, and but you know to have to close down a whole land to entertain a that a, you know a population of the guests is to me that's not the best idea it looks great when you're watching the fireworks to have something up there but so i don't know that's something where i'm like i yeah it looks cool if you're watching the fireworks from the front but for everyone else who's just trying to get on a ride you know it's really <laughs> it's really it really I, I, hear you, blows. I hear you party in the front depressing in the back i get it yeah <laughs> and they do that for wonder world of color too they close like that section of uh, pixar pier it used to be paradise pier but it's now um so yeah you know it's like and that's a park that has fewer rides already so to to close all the rides back there for a water show eh, i don't know to me it doesn't make sense let's get let's get some fun food stuff here what's your favorite thing to have for lunch or dinner at disneyland um wow the food is actually pretty decent, I want to say. Agree. And 
I would almost actually be curious about this in terms of uh, actually no never mind go ahead. No, I mean I really can't think of it. It just I I go different. I mean okay, a, a recent favorite is the Ronto wrap at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, that's Ronto a, it's wrap? like a Ronto. It's made out of the the animal that the Jawas ride. I was about to say yeah. Interesting. You that. Well, it's not really made out of Ronto's. <laughs> they didn't actually go to Tatooine. What? <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's an endangered species. Yeah, it's a so that's that's a new. It's like a little hot dog wrap, but it's not a hot dog. It's like a sausage. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's really good. Um, there's a lot of things. I change it up every time I go. But and yeah. I mean, the fun fact is that you can get every place that has a burger at Disneyland. Every location is served it differently. I did not know that. Yeah. What, so, so you're talking about like different fixings or just like. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same meat and the yeah, yeah. And maybe the same bun, but they they offer like this one is a different kind of cheese with caramelized onions on it or something, and then the other place will be this is more like a um, with bacon. This one has chili. This you know so. We need to have a food podcast like uh, scheduled for later. Well, <laughs> that was actually the one thing I was going to try to do this year was to try to document every single burger at the park. But I'm in hashtag it and I'm following. <laughs> but the code, but you know, the pandemic right. happened. So delayed. Well, this, this is why you should get a press pass just specifically for this. <laughs> I need to go to Disneyland. I have to try all the burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a show to do people. <laughs> What's your, funny, uh, yeah mm-hmm. go ahead what's your favorite treat or dessert to have um i guess the dole whip or the ice cream it's i was gonna not, say you know, what what be because that seems like the default what's the next favorite churros <laughs> <laughs> are fine you know i don't really treat much at the at the parks i you just don't treat yourself I, I drink a lot of alcohol when I'm there. <laughs> In these beautiful tiki mugs that you always post photos of. Yeah. Yeah. Trader Sam's, which is the enchanted tiki bar at the Disneyland Hotel, is uh is my my kind of favorite getaway from mm-hmm. at, like while at Disneyland. But it's closed. <laughs> Offhand, do you know what the best food deal as far as kind of price versus proportion is? Hmm. or at least to you i would say if well if if a meal is going to cost you average 20 dollars, so like if, let's say if you go to plaza inn on main street and that's like a fried chicken dinner hmm. that's gonna be like after tax it's gonna be 20 dollars. if you go to the hotel there's a buffet that is 30 dollars, and it's all you can eat and and all, all the all the soda you can drink too, so it's not that much more to get like even more full. You're gonna get full from the fried chicken dinner, but if you really <laughs> wanted to go to town, it's only ten dollars more. So I mean, it's it, it's it just sounds like you'd a have lot to, to leave the park and then come back in. Yeah, but it's okay. all part of the same resort. Like you, okay. you know, once you're through security, you don't have to, actually. Well, never mind. You have to go through security again when you come back from the hotel. Okay. But um. But I mean, yeah, it's all in the same That's area. That's not bad. I did not know that. I've never even thought about that strategy of just like, hey, let's go to the hotel to go eat, where it's gonna be ten dollars. Uh, it'll be an air conditioned room, and you can just like right out for like an hour, and then let's go back to the rides. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this uh, there's a really fancy restaurant called Napa Rose, and they have a 
Pizzetta of the season. And it used to be $15 and now it's more $17, but mm. they changed it. It's very, it's a gourmet pizza. It's a, and the first time I did it, it was like, I was like, what's the Pizzetta of the season? And they said like, Oh, it's the lobster. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, Holy crap. I'm going to have all that. Yeah. And it's like oh. a $15 lobster pizza. That was unheard of. And they change it up. So sometimes you get jacked, but sometimes you get something really good. Oh, what's, and, what's the uh, one today? Oh. Arugula. Yeah. <laughs> that, Gourmet pizza. I mean, that's that at Disneyland. That's got my, that's kind of got Anna very excited. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a dream. Um, what's the yeah. place that's that overlook that's like has outdoor seating. It overlooks um, uh, Tom Square Island, like the, the restaurant there. Oh, um, it's in Frontierland, I think, or like it's right between Frontier and New Orleans Square. Well, there's the Riverbell Terrace that's kind of at the tip of Adventureland. Is that the one you're talking about? Maybe I'm just trying to think because Anna and I had dinner there where we're like we sat outside and you can just like oh look Cafe over. Orleans. They I think. or Hungry Hungry Bear Restaurant is at the top of Frontierland. It's not Hungry Bear Restaurant. It's the it's whatever the nice one is where you have to like make a reservation. <laughs> oh, I mean there's yeah Cafe Orleans is the one you need a reservation at. And I think then, it's Cafe Orleans then. And that's one that's kind of in the middle of New Orleans Square, and right above Cafe Orleans upstairs is Club Thirty Three, and that's that's kind of it's the fancy not, place. It's not that one then. What is it? It's the one that's it's over then. I guess it's more in Adventureland or Frontierland. So. Well, there's no there's no real restaurant that's overlooking anything. It's not. Uh, a, I mean, but just more like it's set. It's it's yeah. You're not above ground. I'm not saying that. I mean, you're just more like you're sitting in a spot where it's you can just look out straight in front of you, and there's um, Tom Sawyer. Yeah, that's Riverbell Cafe Street. Orleans. Okay. That's also that's also Riverbell Terrace as well. Uh-huh. You guys know a lot about Disney names. I'm trying this to find pictures. I I'm impressed. It's probably Cafe Orleans. But, I'm like looking at a map. I'm like, I don't even know where New Orleans Square is. Like, where is? <laughs> you got a next topic? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the lands real quick. What's what's your favorite land? I like Adventureland and Tomorrowland. Cool. But what's I also the, like Galaxy's Edge. Uh huh. What's the land that delivers most given on given its theme? I think. Well, New Orleans Square probably delivers the most mm. because you have uh, it's just basically a little a fantasy version of New Orleans Square or New Orleans. And then you could go to the Pirates Bayou or you could go to a haunted mansion. So there. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you, that makes it's sense. S- simple and succinct. Um, are there I, we, I, we mentioned briefly Marvel Land, which is in California Adventure, but is there any kind of new land or you're looking forward to or a land that could be altered in some way huh well i'm looking forward to what they do to galaxy's edge because right now it's the way they had it it only had two attractions when they right now and it's very wide it's very open and it it feels very dead Hmm. and so that's a land i kind of want to see them do more with to feel more like star wars Hmm. because now it just feels like a dead empty film set um (laughs) the other lands well there's i think right now if you want to the land i'm most interested in is kind of overseas is in tokyo and they have a new land that's coming to their disney sea park which is like instead of lands they have seaports so um there's there basically there's a new land that's coming there that's their version of fantasy land that has a new peter pan 
attraction over there. So it's it's going to be like the most advanced technology for Peter Pan ever seen, basically. Finally. Yeah, and there's going to be they're going to have a boat ride that's like the Shanghai Pirates of the Caribbean ride that can go forwards and backwards and sideways. Ooh. And so that's that's the new land that's going to be really fun to look at, see what tech, technologically what they do there, because Tokyo is always on the top of it. And and then Shanghai is getting Zootopia land, which I'm really curious about, because that's going to be the first version of that. Yeah. And so. You and so, yeah, that be on uh, the follow up podcast a little bit. Yeah. And that's not open yet. So yeah. they're they're constructing that. But it, that it'll be like interesting a, because that yeah. sounds like a park to itself. Zootopia. Just have all of that. Yeah, and it's sometimes when you your your brain might get more creative than what they actually execute. So sometimes it's it's it, it'll be interesting to see if they deliver. If you go there and you go like, oh yeah, this is more than what I was expecting, or man, this sucks. So it'll be interesting. Well, let's do some get some last questions here. Um, we've kind of addressed some of these. Let me try. Let me look at this again. Okay, I, I'll just go with this as a kind of a last question. What, what are I, we've spoken again? You've spoken about this to a degree, but what what needs to change about Disneyland to make it fresher and more accessible? Does it need like a fancy new dinosaur, like in Jurassic World? <laughs> <laughs> more accessible. I I really do think they need to reconsider fast passes in the park because, and also um, they need to think about attractions that appeal to the older audience they they had a ride that was called the people mover mm-hmm. and that was the you still see the dead tracks in tomorrow yeah. and yeah. it's it's a ride that's fortunately still in walt disney world but um like the, the if you imagine you're you're with your really old grandparent or something like that or imagine if you become that grandparent you love disneyland and there's nothing you could ride anymore like how sad would that be? You know, so there's Mark Twain is a the riverboat that they could ride. A people mover was something that they could ride. I think just the the things that that some could be appealing to all ages is is dwindling. And I think they need to kind of keep that keep that history. So it shouldn't be always be about like, oh, let's get the the young families and the thrills. You know, they you need you need you do need that, but you need to hold on right. to things. That... I hear what you're saying too, because mm-hmm. as I get older as well, I'm just like I just want to like take a relaxing boat ride. Yeah, and the, you know, there's like the Disneyland Railroad and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and there needs to be more of just things that just make people happy. You don't even have to look at, you don't even have to ride it to be happy. You just see it, and you're kind of like, yeah, that that makes me happy. And mm-hmm. there needs to be more of that. That's that's how some people on the Matterhorn feel when they see the snowman. <laughs> that just makes me happy. Yeah. I wish I could just get out here and hang. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I I think we've covered a lot of ground covered here. Covered a lot of ground today, specifically about Disneyland. I mean, I look forward to doing more of this in the future with you. I mean, because we still have yeah all of California Adventure we can talk about a little bit. Oh, and I've got sure. other questions. other ideas. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. You that I'd love to Sounds think good. about. All right. But uh, thank you, David, very much for thanks, you know, David. This is humoring us. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. We're entertaining <laughs> our thoughts here. Yeah. I hope it was interesting. No, I think it was very Trust interesting. Me. I, it I, was. I, and I, I, you know, it'd be great to hear from the listeners. Um, 
in the various places that you can reach us as far as your you know memories of Disneyland or any thoughts that you have on the things we've talked about today, especially involving the you know park reopening and you know other as well as the kind of the, the thoughts on like Splash Mountain and the Princess and the Frog, all that aspect. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to kind of weigh in on. Um, so as we wrap up here, uh, I, I I will just note. Uh, just to get this out of the way, because I want, I, I'd like to hear those responses. We don't often get the responses directly to the episodes, but you can email us at inoutpodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, like all those places. So, I mean, feel, to, feel free to send thoughts on Disneyland. Even if you've never gone there, feel free to send us those thoughts as well. Yeah, you can be, be like uh, in my boat. It's like, I don't remember anything. But, uh, David, where can people find more of you online? Um, I, I write for Endor Express occasionally now because there's not a lot of, <laughs> things to write about um yeah you can find me at uh, c-o-h-e-t-e boy on instagram for more disneyland pictures you can find me on writing weekly reviews over leaveentertainment.com and everything ends up by my personal blog the code is and i'm also on twitter at aaron's ps4 abe Find more fun stuff over my instagram abe.mua and twitter.com slash moose hashtag tomorrow land <laughs> again give us a rating and review on itunes you can also find a show on Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. On the internet, just find it. Just Google us. We're there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've already covered the everything. So thank you, David, again for joining us for this Thank episode. you, David. Absolutely. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. So until next time, so long. And...